0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, I, I've located a semi-fascist. Um, I have a real one. And I have proof there's a semi-fascist election that I are out there. You're going to be stunned when you find out who this is. Big show. Today. Big show today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Privacy a right, not a privilege. You get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the damn Bongino Show. Loaded show for you today, including the deep state strikes again, fellas. Yet again, another Washington Post expose. More nuclear secrets. They're everywhere. Nuclear secrets being left in the McDonald's by Mar-a-Lago somewhere. They're all over the place, <laughs> these nuclear secrets. You're supposed to lay you're not even here yet. you have any issues? They're everywhere, folks. I'll get to that. Loaded show to you. Today's show, Loaded show today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. By choosing a VPN you trust, that's super important. Get a VPN you trust. I only uh, advertise products that I use and can recommend VPN as one of them. they the best VPN on the market. Here's why. Number one, they don't log your activity online. Lots of those cheap VPNs do exactly that. They even have a technology called Trusted Server ExpressVPN. It makes your VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. Number two, speed. ExpressVPN uses Lightway, a VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs. This one's fast, even in HD. The last thing that sets them apart is it's super easy to use. Just one, fire up the app, tap one button, and you are connected. That's it. The Verge and a lot of other tech journals rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. Protect yourself today with the VPN I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash Bongino today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go.
1: For a really big show. And I could tell from the cuts.
0: I know. I know. I sent Joe a lot of material this morning. So I think so. Um, I have located a semi-fascist, ladies and gentlemen. um, And I have proof. I have hard, solid evidence that I've located a semi-fascist. Someone yesterday, shockingly, in the White House, hijacked the Brady press room. I, I know. You're like, really? How did I miss this? I don't know. They got up into the Brady press room. Took the microphone and claimed that they had nothing to do with denying elections, even though they did deny elections. Here's what I mean. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre. This is her official Karine Jean-Pierre. Here is her official Twitter account. She's reminding us from in April of 2020 that Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. The gavel. Sorry, maybe we should use the bird for that one. <laughs> Never. The gavel has fallen. This is, fellas, is this an election denier? Gee. Um, Joe, is yeah, this an election that I Yeah, yeah, it
1: sounds like it's, it,
0: yeah. Well, well, they just told us this is semi-fascism, so we have oh. located a semi-fascist. So the microphone gets hijacked in the Brady press room by Corinne Jean-Pierre, and she is confronted by the great Peter Ducey, about exactly this. You were an election denier. And she goes on to lie about it again and still deny the election, talking about voting rights problems or whatever. Here, check this out. You tweeted
1: in 2016, oh, I knew this Trump was coming. stole no. an election. You tweeted, I was waiting, Peter, when you were gonna ask me that question. Well, here, here <laughs> we go. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results, yeah is extreme now yeah Why so let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous i How have been i have ridiculous. been well you're asking me you're asking me a question yes. let me answer it
2: and you said well, it was ridiculous
1: i was i was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights that's what i was speaking to at the time
0: election election denier is an election denier right there she's denying elections, folks. She's denying the result is legitimate from the election. I told you in that tweet, look, she even reminded us in April 2020 that Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, stole the gubernatorial election. Not just from Stacey Abrams, but from Georgians too. <clears> Turn <throat> that, AC down. a little chilly, and you know, like a frosty. She's an election denier. The very definition of a semi-fascist. Now, this clip has been making the rounds, but one of the things that I've been particularly annoyed about is some of the commentators out there they don't explain why this is ridiculous. Now, this is gonna, this is this clip's gonna make its way around about Karine Jean Pierre denying the Georgia election to Brian Kemp, but they're not gonna explain what really happened. Folks, you need this because you're gonna be arguing with your leftist friends who still believe that Brian Kemp isn't the governor of Georgia uh, and didn't win. Here's what really happened in Georgia, because we always back up and bring the proof. This is why Karine Jean-Pierre, by their own definition, is a semi-fascist election denier. She has no evidence whatsoever that Brian Kemp stole the election. One of their allegations was that Georgians, follow me, were purged from the election rolls by this devastating attack on voting rights, this law in Georgia. Well, the Washington Examiner did an interesting piece in 2018 called Phantom Voter Suppression in Georgia. They note that Stacey Abrams claims her opponent suppressed Democratic votes, but there's no evidence for this. They point out a large number of people were removed, removed from the voter rolls, 1.5 million Georgians since 2012. You're a liberal right now. You're like, there it is. There it is. Proof. It is. But their contention that Governor Kemp purged those names of as Secretary, Secretary of State is false. The state had a "use it or use or lose it" law, passed in 1997. Wait, what is that, Joe? By a Democratic legislature and signed by Democrat Governor Zell Miller. Oh my gosh! Holy crap! De- Holy I, moly! He's stunned. They'll let like, come and get the nitro pills for Armacost. He's having problems here, <sighs> folks. Someone dial nine one one. Joe is not going to make it. So the Democrat is a Democrat law. And it basically required a common sense thing that voters who don't vote or respond to requests from local voting offices to update their registration status are deemed inactive. It ensures that people who died, Joe, you think you should vote if you died? Just check it. (laughs) They do in Baltimore. Probably not. In Baltimore, yeah, the zombie vote. You're right, Joe. It's (laughs) totally walking dead style. So it ensures people who died or moved away can no longer vote in state elections. And that their identities can't be used for untoward electable purposes. Someone gonna ask Karine Jean-Pierre about this? So you're saying and you claimed in the tweet it was stolen, and then you just claimed yesterday because you're an election denier that no, no, no. You heard the clip, folks. Please rewind it. The great thing about podcasts is you got the 15 second, 10 second back button. Go back and listen again. No, no, I wasn't saying that, even though she said in the tweet it was stolen. Did you read it? It's her words, not mine. She's an election denier, semi fascist by their own definition. Now she's trying to change the argument that it was about voting rights being taken away somehow. Yet it's weird that those voting rights were taken away by taken away by Democrats. Well, were they taken away at all? Because you would think if Stacey Abrams lost by fifty four thousand seven hundred twenty three votes to Kemp, as they note in part two of the Examiner piece, you would think, fellas, that if 55,000 people voted for Stacey Abrams, which would have handed her the election. She lost by 54,000 votes. So, Joe, can you do that math? She would have won, right? You know, 55, 50, it's greater than 54. It's Joe's greater, like, check Yes, in. it is greater. Okay, Yeah. You. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> A little slow. You're welcome. I just am. to check there. <laughs> so just to be sure, there are allegedly, according to Corinne Jean-Pierre, election denier semi-fascist, there are 55,000 people who were disenfranchised in Georgia by this Democrat law. Really strange. We haven't heard from any of them. It's just crazy. They note in part two of the piece. Wait, can I st- stop one second, guys? And he's going to kill me because you know, sometimes I, I go on these things too long. Please, under- he is. He's ready to kill me now. Just please understand the reason I'm bringing this up—the Georgia gubern- gubernatorial election from four years ago—is not to bore you or waste your time. I'm bringing it up to prove two big things. Number one, the real election deniers are in the White House. And number two, the left will parrot any BS talking point. Liberals will then take it and run with it. Despite no evidence whatsoever, it's actually true. Here, the final vote tally in Georgia, she lost by 54,000. If her implied claim that the GOP stole the election has any truth, there must be thousands of legal voters across Georgia who can show they were denied their right to cast a vote for Stacey Abrams. We await their outcry. <laughs> I... I, I await their outcry, too. It's been four years. He said it right, Joe. It's been four years. We just haven't heard from him. It's just strange. You think, Joe, they'd be really pissed before the next election. Think? There'd be like a union of them. We got screwed. We got screwed. Where are they? Where are they? It's so weird. We haven't seen any of them. It's so weird. The election deniers, ladies and gentlemen, are in the White House. That's why Democrats talking about denying elections. You can sit down and shut them up claim Trump committed treason with Putin due to a pee tape. You claim Bush stole the election from Gore despite not a single recount where Gore was ever ahead in Florida. You claim Brian Kemp stole the election enforcing a Democrat law and you can't point out a single disenfranchised voter. Give me a break. People are pathetic. By the way, more on Karine Jean-Pierre opening up the show. They're starting to dial back. They're starting to feel the heat from their semi-fascist speech. Because even some Democrats right now are starting to realize that this is deplorables 2.0. Now, now, hold on. Time out. T.O., baby. Don't for a second think they're trying to dial back the MAGA or semi-fascist thing because they don't believe it. Are we? T- does everybody get that? He chose everybody because yep. I don't want any emails from people. Oh, Dan, they feel bad. But no, 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 they don't feel bad. They don't feel bad. You understand? They believe, they believe this 100%. This is time for the Birdwell, okay? Trust me, the Birdwell makes its appearance. They believe it. But Democrats are totalitarians. To become a totalitarian and to get authority, because you're an authoritarian, you have to gain power and votes. So if calling someone a semi-fascist or a deplorable doesn't get you votes... They will simply say, that's not what we meant, even though we meant it. Okay, you all get it. You're smarter than me. You understand it. I just don't want emails going, Dan, stop saying they feel bad, but they don't. They feel like they're going to lose power. So now, all of a sudden, now that they realize that they're making, remember the Hillary Clinton deplorable speech? You got the misogynist, the racist, put them in a basket of deplorables. Now they're starting to realize this is not looking good for Biden. To call 45% plus of America a bunch of semi-fascists, even though the semi-fascists are in the White House, as I just showed you. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday. We always bring the receipts, folks. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday in the White House trying to dial this thing back. Because now they realize, man, we really screwed up and we could lose votes over this. Check this out. Does he consider, does the president consider all of those people who support these extreme agendas that he's talking about to be the MAGA Republicans? So
1: he has been very clear that he's talking about office holders. He's talking about elected officials who have these MAGA, ultra MAGA uh, Republican agendas. And he's been very clear about that.
0: He has? What? He's been very clear about that? Now, I want to hat tip Byron York. Byron York, or the reporter for an actual reporter for the Washington Examiner, does great work. He went back and looked at the speeches where semi-fascism and MAGA Republicans was implied or directly said. That's not what happened, folks. I'll get to that in a second, but I want to get to this because it's really important. This idea of you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? I like Jordan Peterson a lot. Yeah, he, uh, he was a uh, uh, a professor. You know, fought the culture wars. Uh, all around the world. He does viral speeches. He wrote a book with 12 Steps for Life. Paula loves it, thinks it's a really great book. But Jordan Peterson uh, has said often in the culture wars that pay really close attention to this because when you see it, know we're on a dangerous path to torture, death, and destruction. The main vehicle to exterminate people, to attack them, to imprison them, and take away their civil liberties throughout human history, the main vehicle, not the only one, but the main vehicle has been collective attribution the idea that because you are x then that means you are y overly simplistic correct no it's not well, you are a jew there. then you are this you are black then you are this collective attribution it doesn't it's not just limited to race or religion you are an immigrant therefore you are this your individual characteristics mean nothing That's the idea of collective attribution, attributing to people features because they belong to a class you've labeled them with. They may not think of themselves that way. You have. That has been used to exterminate people, to enslave people, to imprison people, to torture people, to sterilize people like's happening with the Uyghurs in China. There is nothing more dangerous. It has a 100% success record of failing and leading to death and destruction every single time, every time. And yet the Democrats and your media friends are doing it right now. And believe me, they believe it. If you are MAGA, make America great again, which seems pretty benign, then you are a semi-fascist. Now, getting nothing more dangerous. This there is, there is this path leads to one place: death and destruction. That is it. They don't care about that. The Biden administration. They believe what they're doing. They just want to use it as a vehicle for power. So Byron New York did a little exhaustive analysis. So is that true? What Karine Jean Pierre just said. She's a liar. You know, she's not even good at it. At least Saki was a good liar. She's a very talented liar. One of the best I've ever seen. Is that true? That he was only talking about when he called, you know, semi-fascists and the dangerous MAGA Republicans that he was talking about uh, people up on the Hill. Byron New York went and looked at it. The Maryland speech he gave where he addressed the semi-fascists, there was no specificity at all. He just addressed semi-fascists, referring to generally Republicans and MAGA Republicans. So that's false. So let's go back to the Philly and Pittsburgh speeches he gave. He referred there to MAGA Republicans, not MAGA Republicans up on the hill. MAGA Republicans. They say, well, another speech. Well, in the Milwaukee speech, he mentioned at one point MAGA Republicans in Congress and then went on to mention just MAGA Republicans. Collective attribution, folks. Death and destruction will follow every single time understand how dangerous this is you understand how dangerous this is you understand why no matter how much i understand how dangerous liberals are i understand that we have to respect and honor civil liberties and god-given rights for everyone because once you start collectively attributing characteristics to people and you don't believe they have god-given rights then you start to treat them like animals the record's clear all right the deep state strikes again unsurprisingly um, I'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my uh, my second sponsor first. The last time we went through a recession, several blue chip stocks tanked. Folks, I protect myself. I protected myself from that problem with Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. You should do it too. Historically, gold has been your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like a hockey stick as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings and protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Do you? Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax shelter retirement account. I bought gold from them twice. Customer service was amazing. In fact, if you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, just text Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O to 989898, and you can convert them into an IRA and precious metals right now. Text Bongino to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on diversifying uh, tax into gold tax-free. Hedge against inflation. Protect your hard-earned money. It's yours. Don't let it get inflated away. You'll see your buying power, your wallet, go down and down. Don't let it happen. Get your free information kit today by texting BONGINO to 989898. Do it today. Text BONGINO to 989898. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Ladies and gentlemen, the deep state strikes again. Now, what do I always tell you? Remember the names. What is one of the golden rules of doing uh, report, real reporting and investigating? Always remember the names. Because when the names creep up, you'll automatically go right to, oh, it's that guy, and you'll know how to view the story through the lens of who they're hearing it from. Whenever you see Natasha Bertrand, whenever you see Maggie Haberman, whenever you see Devlin Barrett, whenever you see these guys just assume, um, what's his name? The guy at NBC, Ken Delaney. And you always have to assume this is a story being told to you by deep state operators looking to hurt Donald Trump. Don't assume it's reported. So bombshell cracks last night and Washington post the nuclear story's back. Nuclear's back, Joe. As I said, nuclear secrets everywhere. They got a skywriting team giving away our nuclear secrets on the Palm Beach coastline right there. Here it is. Here's the code for today. They're everywhere, the nuclear secrets. So we had heard this story about a month ago that, yeah, Trump, man, nuclear secrets. And you're like, wow, nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. This is crazy, man. Trump really screwed up this up. And then the story strangely disappeared. And then it comes out the other day that a judge. You know, granted Trump special, a special master to go over the go over the documents. And then we find out that in their zeal to seize documents from Donald Trump, not just was his passport taken. Did they rifle through Melania's underwear drawer, apparently? But we also find out that, that they took some of Donald Trump's medical records. What would that have to do with classified documents? Absolutely nothing. So it's kind of weird when the tide starts to turn again against the FBI and DOJ and the ridiculous, potentially unconstitutional warrant, depending on how you view this, right? It's strange how the nuclear secret story is back again. So I see this at the Washington Post, and right away I know deep state job, deep state hit job, you know what I mean? Material on foreign nationals' nuclear capabilities seized the Trump's Mar-a-Lago. By who? Devlin Barrett and Carol Lenning. I see Devlin Barrett. I'm like, okay, this is CIA or whatever, FBI talking right here, DOJ. It's not them talking. It's not real reporting. You understand they needed a narrative out there? Did you get what I'm telling you? The story is now rapidly changing in Trump's favor, as they haven't been able to surface or leak anything of importance, uh, anything of importance that would indicate he obstructed justice or anything like that. So they need to switch the narrative back right before the election. So of course. The disgusting DOJ and the now corrupted at the top FBI are leaking, which is really strange because Trump appealed for transparency in this case at the court said, hey, release the documents. And the FBI and DOJ said it would cause everlasting damage to national security. And then they turn around and they leak a dangerous so-called national security secret, using air quotes here, to the media. Trump had. National security stuff on nuclear secrets. He did. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't justice what's happening right now. Justice is dead in the United States. This is the FBI and the DOJ now full time. It's a PAC. It's a political action committee for the Democrat Party. That's all it is. They're not to be trusted at all. You are an idiot if you trust them. Devlin Barrett. Just go back. I'll show you some more from Devlin Barrett in a minute. Go back and look at Devlin Barrett's role in SpyGate, Natasha Bertrand mouthpieces, for them. whatever they're saying, is there's a 99% chance it's not true. The deep staters are making it up and they know these people will do no reporting whatsoever and they'll just parrot the talking point to hurt Trump politically. This is the same Spygate team at it again, the same team. Now, what did I tell you about this nuclear secrets thing? I've been saying this now for a month. What are they talking about? I, I'm, I, granted, let me just put out there, unlike Devlin Barrett and Carol Lenning, who Carol Lennig, who are really eager to hurt Donald Trump. <clears throat> if it turns out it was a document he shouldn't have had, and we need to acknowledge that. We don't need to lie about it. You need to acknowledge that it was a mistake, but it probably should have been handled differently like it is with former presidents who had documents they claimed they shouldn't have. They'd handled it civilly through the Presidential Records Act. And they didn't handle it through a criminal raid. But if it turns out it's some dangerous document about a nuclear power, then fine. You know, it doesn't. people make mistakes. We should acknowledge it. We shouldn't cover anything up. I am, again, I'm speculating. But I'm speculating based on a lot of really good information. I don't believe it was that at all. I swear it's that Kim Jong-un letter. They used to write each other letters, Trump and Kim Jong-un. I swear it's some Kim Jong-un letter about whatever, the nuclear things they were doing. And from those letters, they're taking nuclear capabilities. Keep in mind, that can mean anything. Do you understand what I'm getting at, Joe? Kim Jong-un could have wrote in a letter something that's probably publicly known. Like, hey, we have nuclear weapons and we're willing to talk about them. And Trump probably had the letter. Okay. what What they're implying. Now, again, I'm speculating. I want to be fair and open and honest. I could be wrong. And if it turns out to be something else, it turns out to be something dangerous, and it slipped into Mar-a-Lago, was deliberately taken, fine. Fine. People make mistakes all the time. I don't think that's what this is. I am supremely confident that this is one of those Kim Jong-un letters. And that they're making it out like it's the nuclear codes for the United States. Now, I'm going to prove it to you a little bit. Well, not prove it. I shouldn't say that. I'm going to provide evidence. I wouldn't call this a receipt, but I would call it evidence. Here's that there's two authors on the byline, Deep State or Devlin Barrett and Carol Lennig, who just, well, she'll whatever, she'll write whatever she feels like writing for any reason, as long as she can sell a few Secret Service books. Here's Carol Lenning on, I believe, MSNBC with Alex Wagner. I think she was on. And uh, Lennig is talking about this bombshell story. But I want you to notice how she carefully dances around the topic of the nuclear capabilities thing they're they're leading you to believe it's oh it was the location of you know, silos in the united kingdom that trump had therefore the russians could then bomb them and take out the uk right Joe like no one knows that yes i'm ta- notice i notice very carefully here how lenin does this dance around what it really is this leads me to believe that this is those kim jong un letters which is nothing like is implied in this headline here check this out
2: we knew in may right that the department of justice maybe was looking for this kind of material in their subpoena to the grand jury? And what has happened since? Great question, Alex. So because of my great colleague, Devlin Barrett, who I co-bylined this story with, the public learned that in May, uh, the Department of Justice was seeking all sorts of classified records at Mar-a-Lago, but they included records that are particularly sensitive that involve nuclear capabilities, or really sort of what you'd consider a foreign government or the US government's ability to wage nuclear war. Where are they on that continuum? Are they seeking nuclear ingredients, recipes, equipment? Do they have the capacity that we are worried about? Are they a true nuclear rival? These are all records and materials that are covered by this classification that the Department of Justice sought in its May subpoena for records at the de- at the former president's part time residence and golf club. Did you see,
0: did you see it? Gee caught it right away. Did you catch the dance That mm-hmm. one? Gee says, well, how does she know this? Uh, because DOJ and FBI deep state leakers engaging in information asymmetric warfare against Trump. Trump calls for transparency. They say absolutely not then the DOJ leaks so Trump can't fight back. You get it? This is like real this is really devious like Soviet style stuff going on here folks. This is this is big time. This isn't small time. They are committed to interfering in another election and focusing on Donald Trump's leaking of a nuclear secret that never happened before the election. This is really bad deep state stuff. Why is the FBI and DOJ doing it? Well, obviously, they don't want oversight after the House and Senate potentially flip the Republicans in the midterms. Folks, the Republicans would take over all the chairmanship spots. The FBI would be sitting up in front of Capitol Hill every day answering questions. They don't want to. So they want to hurt Trump and the Republicans. That's all that's going on. It's not more complicated than that. You don't get to see the documents, Trump. We will leak to the media what it was. You can't fire back because your lawyers haven't seen the stuff. I'm telling you, it was that Kim Jong Un letter. If it's something else, we'll talk about it too. You want to know who Devlin Barrett is? I'm going to get to that after the, the next spy. I'll show you how this is the same exact spygate players in the quote media impeachment hoax players, PP tape hoaxers. It's the same people. Whenever the FBI needs a message to get out there, the DOJ they go to them. All right. Uh, Our next sponsor, our friends at Omax. Living with pain is the worst. It's more than just discomfort. Prevents you from doing a lot of things. Sleeping right, exercising. Finding a natural remedy is hard, but I found one. You may have heard me talk about it before. It's the amazing CryoFreeze Roll-On by Omax Health. Paul and I are huge fans of this. Now they introduced an even stronger version with three times the amount of CBD as the original. So if you're looking to get rid of occasional muscle and joint pain while providing cooling relief, you need to try the stronger breakthrough solution, CryoFreeze. CBD extra strength roll-on. Really, really good stuff. It's a non-prescription. It has icy cold relief. It's a roll-on. Specially formulated to help block pain signals, reduce inflammation, improve muscle and joint flexibility. It has a powerful dose of 500 milligrams of organic hemp CBD and has 0% THC, so there's no high. The best part? The natural remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and feels great. There's no messy creams, horrible fragrances, or artificial colors. And it's super easy to throw in your gym bag just like that take it on the go. Pro athletes such as pro golfer Kyle Stanley use CryoFree CBD to recover on and off the course. Look at the product reviews again, 95% five-star reviews. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off their first bottle of CryoFree CBD extra strength roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com. That's O M A X. Omaxhealth.com and our code BONGINO. That's omaxhealth.com and our code BONGINO to get 20% off CryoFree and site-wide plus Free shipping. This product's amazing. I personally vouch for it. Really bad arthritis, as you know. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or condition. These statements and information are not a substitute for or alternative to seeking care from your healthcare provider. Thanks. Omax, we love cryo freeze. Okay. So who is Devlin Barrett and why am I sure he is a deep stater? He is not a legitimate reporter in any sense of the word reported. He is echoing what's told to him. Here's a great story by Molly Hemingway. It's from 2019. What we should expect from the release of the full Mueller report. She wrote this piece in the Federalist before the Mueller report came out. And in there, she talks about, yes, Devlin Barrett. She said it didn't take recent leaks to know this was an obstruction investigation. That news leaked. Even though we're always told the special counsel teams never leaks anything, it leaked in June of 2017. Four friendly reporters at the Washington Post, including Devlin Barrett, Adam Antios, and Ellen Nakashima, received that leak and wrote it up in typical bombshell fashion. They're talking about how President Trump attempted to obstruct justice. Now, what does this tell you? Devlin Barrett, whenever the DOJ and the FBI finds nothing, and let me rewind the tape a little bit. When, when we were police officers in New York City, um, we used to have this joke, you know, about felonious mopery. Sometimes you were on the street and someone was engaged in disorderly conduct, whatever they're doing. They're screaming and yelling in front of a store. Store owner says, can you please get this guy out of here? Follow me because this is important. You don't really have anything because they're not trespassing inside the store. So there's a charge in New York City called disorderly conduct. Folks. It's, it's kind of like a blanket charge. So we would say, oh, well, discount them. Discount disorderly conduct. Well, the running joke at the end was it was like almost like a phantom charge. It was like it could be anything, Joe. I mean, what's disorderly conduct? Sometimes Joe, you know, runs a a, a sound bite or a drop. And I'm like, dude, you didn't tell me that was coming. It's, can I can I get you over disorderly conduct? I don't know. Maybe in <laughs> NYPD. So we would joke it was like felonious mopery It was like a made up charge. I want you to understand that not in all cases. But obstruction of justice is the federal equivalent of discon when you have nothing else. You get that? Not all the time. Not every single charge. Obstructing justice, if you say you're intimidating or, uh, a witness and you're you you know you're roughing them up. But do you understand with Trump, they never had anything? So their goal with Trump from the start using Devlin Barrett in their mouthpieces, because they never had a collusion charge with Russia, you tracking, is when we can't find him colluding We'll investigate him for the collusion that never happened. And if he doesn't give us everything, even though it didn't happen, we'll charge him with obstructing an investigation into a crime that didn't happen. Did you just pick that up? Devlin Barrett describes it right here about the Mueller probe. This is exactly what this Washington Post piece is and who Devlin Barrett, he's he's the, the CIA, FBI, deep state, DOJ mouthpiece. They need a narrative out there that even though Trump probably did nothing wrong in this case with these documents, doesn't matter. He obstructed justice. He didn't give it to us right away. So who do they feed it to? Devlin Barrett at the Washington Post, who will never bother to ask a critical question. He's right. Timing's fascinating, isn't it? By the way, one last thing. If they're leaking it to Barrett to imply there's some obstruction of justice, he kept these nuclear documents and we told him not to. I hate to tell you this. I hope I'm wrong, but get ready for a police state-style indictment of someone on the Trump team, if not Trump himself. They're not doing any of this by accident. By the way, I found more semi-fascist folks. Now, one of the things about semi- more, in, in addition to up here, yes, I found more. So, one of the defining characteristics of semi-fascists, in addition to denying elections and stigmatizing their opponents with collective attribution labels. One of the defining characteristics is censorship. You look at every fascist throughout human history who is raped, killed, murdered, tortured, and imprisoned. One of the first things they do right away is take control of the press. You're seeing it in Hong Kong right now with the Chinese Communist Party, which is shutting down, what, Apple Media and all that. Um, that's what they do. They go in and shut everyone down. Why? Because fascists don't like criticism. Shocker. So I found semi-fascists all over. I saw an article this morning. So here's another semi-fascist. Again, by their definition, not mine, their definition of what semi-fascists are. Did you ever see this woman, Taylor Lorenz? I really hate to give this woman any airtime because it's so pathetic. She's, she calls herself a reporter, which is hilarious. She's really just a totalitarian censor. That's all she is. She's a deep state tool who's not even smart enough to try and disguise it like Devlin Barrett and Lenning. Lenning and Emma, they have a better act. They at least pretend. Not Lorenz. Lorenz has no sense of self-awareness at all. Taylor Lorenz is, has been pushing for censorship, for libs of TikTok, Clubhouse, for eons. Here she is yesterday. She puts out this hilarious video. I had to cut it like 20 seconds short. You'll throw up. She puts out this hilarious video pretending to be the victim. Again, this woman is always whining. She pushes to censor conservatives. And then when conservatives fight back, she accuses us of inciting violence. And she's basically the equivalent of Devlin Barrett accusing Trump of obstruction of justice. Fight back. You're obstructing something. You, You fight back against her. You're definitely inciting violence. Despite the fact, by that definition, she incites violence against libs of TikTok and everyone else. Here she is whining again yesterday. Check this out.
1: I'm a tech reporter at The Washington Post. I cover online content creators, influencers, Internet stuff and all that. And I just have this beef lately with media reporters. This is no hate to all the really great media reporters out there at The New York Times, Washington Post, elsewhere. Tons of people do great media reporting. That's not who I'm talking about. There's a certain class of media reporters that literally just sits on Twitter all day long and like looks for spicy tweets from media people and writes about it. And then they make these manufactured controversies for basically for right-wing lunatics and other media people who are the only people that read this kind of garbage. And it's just so lazy and it's just so disappointing as well.
0: This is hilarious. The woman legit sits on Twitter all day long looking for people to attack on the right while complaining about other reporters on Twitter all day long attacking her. It's unbelievable. You want to talk about a total lack of self awareness. I really, I really, I understand there's a um, Streisand effect with this, but there's an important highlighting this dunce. But there's an important bigger argument here. How in the beginning, I was joking, obviously, about the whole semi fascist thing, how we found them. But I want you to understand what they're doing. This whole show fits in together. Attack Republicans for being election deniers, claiming don't you dare talk about an election again, while they openly question elections on their front. What does that do? It creates an asymmetry. The Democrats have a megaphone and a bullhorn to scream every election they lose is fraud. If you do it, you're banned from Twitter because of people like Taylor Lorenz. The FBI and DOJ is doing the same thing with Trump. Throw out an accusation. Trump's giving up nuclear secrets. Prevent him from getting transparency. His lawyer speaks out, accuse him of obstructing justice and leak it to a media who never tells the other side of the story. You see how this is all asymmetric? This is what Lorenz is doing. I'll attack you, libs of TikTok and others. You fight back. I'll accuse you of inciting violence despite you being the one inciting violence. Here's who Taylor Lorenz really is, by the way. This is from February of 2021. New York Times report and Clubhouse app panned for sounding alarm about unfettered conversations. You know Clubhouse? Clubhouse, it's an app. You go on there. You can have like little group chats with people. A New York Times article co-authored by Tech and Internet Culture Reporter. Oh, Taylor Lorenz is being mocked for sounding the alarm about a growing social media app and the ability of its users, folks, to have Unfettered conversations. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Unfettered conversations. Who's fettering them? Who's fettering them? Oh, Taylor Lorenz, Taylor Lorenz, the whiny, whiny, whiny gal there on TikTok. Oh, my God. I mean, she wants to fetter your conversations. This is someone in the media claims to be a journalist. She cl- she has constitutional protections. Literally written in the Constitution, freedom of the press. And what does she use it for? To push for censor, push for censorship. Is this not like, tell me again who the semi-fascists are? One more time, please. How do you not see this, by the way, on the left, what's happening? I get it. I understand your argument. I know where you're going with this. Your argument is, oh my gosh, these semi-fascist conservatives are so dangerous. We have to do anything, anything we can to stop them. Before fascism takes hold here. But if you watch yesterday's show, you know, we're the fascists. We want to give you back more of your money, let your kids choose where they go to school and shrink government to get it out of your life. How the is that fascism? Yet the left wants you censored, wants your money, wants to tell your kids where to go to school, and wants to grow government's footprint in your life. That sounds a lot more fascistic than fascistic to me. Does it, does it not? That's not even semi-fascistic. I'll show you what I mean in a second, but one more headline about Taylor Lorenz. Taylor Lorenz wrote a hit piece on libs of TikTok, fueling the rights outrage machine. Rights outrage. This is how stupid this woman is. Libs of TikTok literally takes TikTok videos of liberals, their own videos they put on a social media app, one of the most popular in the world, TikTok, and just puts them on Twitter. Weird how Taylor Lorenz is so embarrassed by liberals talking about liberal stuff. And other people seeing what they're saying. So weird, right? Weird. So strange how they're so bothered by you seeing who they really are. They're not manipulated. They're their own videos. They put out there and they're not stolen. That fuels the outrage machine. You see what she's doing? Oh, it's inciting violence. It's inciting violence by putting their videos on Twitter that are out there on TikTok. They're their video. How are they not inciting violence and against themselves on TikTok? Oh, she hasn't thought of that because she's not smart enough. That's why she's Taylor Lorenz. That's why this next clip is so important. I'm going to get to in a second. Um, that Sam Harris clip. I know we played it before, but Sam Harris, a very popular liberal commentator, but it describes the asymmetry in motion. How the real party of fascism and authoritarianism is the left. The evidence is everywhere, folks. It's overwhelming. It's not even a question anymore. We defend liberals' rights to speak and freedom of the press. I will defend Taylor Lorenz's right to be an idiot till the day I die. Because I believe in God-given rights and freedom of the press. How that's fascistic, I don't know. They don't feel the same way. They want you banned. They want to interfere in elections. I'll show you what I mean in a second. It's important. Let me get to my last spot first. Jen, yourself. Samantha from Arcadia, California, raved about her transformative results. She said, I love Genucell's plant stem cell therapy. Used it all over my face, under my eyes. It cleared up the dry flakiness, even reduced my forehead lines. Someone even asked if I had worked on it. I said, Nope, just Genucell. There's only one week left for Genucell's summer blowout. Every most popular package is over 65% off, plus you'll get a complimentary gift set with every subscription order. Say goodbye to fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jaw lines, and even those annoying bags and puffiness. Gone. Without risky work getting them. Paul is a big fan, so is her mom. And with its immediate effects, guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Go to genucel.com slash Dan G-E-N-U-C-E-L. Genucel.com slash Dan. Order today, get their summer essential dark spot corrector, absolutely free. Go to genucel.com slash Dan genucel.com slash dan that's genucel.com slash dan order day again get that summer essential dart spot corrector absolutely free genucel.com slash dan thanks genucel good to have you so this is why this clip is so important when you're trying to evaluate who the fascists and totalitarians are because they're always going to happen they're always going to happen human beings lord acton is right have always when they're corrupted by power you want to look at things like this. Who is supporting freedom of speech? Guys like me. I am literally an investor in Rumble. I said literally three times. I'm sorry. I hate that word. Damn it. It's like a ugh, it's like a verbal tick. Ugh, but it's true. I am literally an investor in Rumble. Rumble is a free speech platform committed to free speech. Liberals, you're welcome over there. They're like shocked to hear it, by the way. What, you guys don't censor? No, no, we don't come from your world. They don't feel the same. Here's Sam Harris, liberal commentator. Again, saying, hey, it's all good. The mask is off. We're just, we need to censor you guys and censor Hunter Biden, because it's just the right thing to do. Check this out. Whatever
1: scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if, you, if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and, and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right? Or China. It is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like, it's like, it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean, like there's just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even stack up against Trump university, right? Trump university as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop, in my view, right? Now that's not, that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the, you know, the New York Post's Twitter account like that—that's a just a conspiracy. That's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely, it was absolutely right. But I think it was warranted, right? And I'm—and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam. I'm that sorry. That particular piece. I'm, I'm is, really yeah. sorry.
2: I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on,
1: but you've just oh, yeah. said something I really struggle with there, it. which is the, you the, the, kid, the, kid, the kids in the basement. You no no <laughs> the kids in the basement. I'm interested in democracy. You are saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically re-elected as president. Well, no, I'm, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left-wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left-wing, right? Liz Cheney is doing everything conspiracy in her power
2: to prevent somebody no, being democratically elected. No, but
1: it's not. A, no, but there's nothing conspiracy. It's not. It, it was a conspiracy out in the open. It does, but it doesn't matter if it was. A, it doesn't matter what parts
0: conspiracy, what parts out in the open. Folks, that is one of the most important clips. I, I it, it's. I mean, he said it right before we played. This is the entire, that Taylor Lorenz, Sam Harris compilation of videos you just saw in the last eight minutes or so of the show. Is everything you need to understand about the left. Devious, moving towards fascism, censorship, collective attribution, demonizing political parties because of their belief in freedom and liberty. Talking openly about how censorship and conspiracies to overthrow elections are important just because you don't like your political opponent. Whining about it and then claiming you are the victim in a very, very smart, but devious, but smart, strategic move. Write a story about libs of TikTok or Dan Bongino. When they respond, claim they're inciting violence against you. Devious. You got to give him credit for how disgusting it is. And by the way, in case you're saying to yourself, well, this is just a liberal talking head and just some silly media reporter everybody laughs at, Taylor Lorenz, which they do. I mean, even her own colleagues, apparently, don't take her seriously. It's not, folks. I want you to watch this. Hat tip, Glenn Greenwald. He had this out in his Twitter feed. This is Senator from Massachusetts, far left radical, Ed Markey. You think this is just a bunch of private companies and reporters pushing us towards semi-fascism? Been the theme of the whole show today, Kareem Jean-Pierre, media people. No, here is an actual United States senator saying openly, listen, you big tech companies, you better crack down even though we're the, you're the, for, we're the you're the free press or and, and you're supposedly, we're, we're telling you crack down. We're going to totally throw in the First Amendment out the window. Here, watch yourself.
1: The issue is not that the companies before us today are taking too many posts down. The issue is that they're leaving too many dangerous posts up.
0: I mean, they're just talking about it, right? The mask is off. Sam Harris took the mask off. Devlin Barrett took the mask off. Kareem Jean-Pierre took the mask off. The mask is off. Marky takes the mask off. You want to see what semi-fascism looks like by their definition? Just played it for you through, you know, 40-something minutes of the show. All right, let me get to this because it's important. Um, you know, I've been pushing this idea of misfeasance versus malfeasance for a long time because it talks about motive and intent, and those things matter. You know, we do that in the law, right? You know, you hit someone with your car because you're, you're drunk. You made a big mistake, and you engaged in criminality, right? But it's not deemed the same level of criminal intent as saying the guy who's alleged to have kidnapped this lady tragically in Memphis and beat her to death and raped her. There are levels we have, you have homicide, you have manslaughter and then you have degrees. Even with assaults, you have assault one, assault two, assault three. So in the law, we understand that intent matters. One of the evergreen topics of my show for a long time has been me trying to explain to a lot of folks. And I think it's really getting through because I read your emails and they're fantastic is that the liberals are not doing this by accident. In other words, it's not misfeasance. It's it's it, it's not, you know, uh, vehicular assault. This is intentional. The left needs a permanent underclass of people dependent on the government. Economic growth is their enemy. Yeah, I, I need you to get that. They don't want people smart. They don't want people employed. And they don't want them prosperous because then they're not going to vote for the Democrats and the goodies. This is malfeasance, not misfeasance. Remember, misfeasance, lady trips on the sidewalk, you don't help her up. Bad. Malfeasance, lady trips on the sidewalk, she gets up, you punch her in the face. It's intentional. Here, proof, misfeasance versus malfeasance. Look at his tweet by the Chicago's Teachers Union in December of 2020, in the heat of the pandemic. The push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. So they need to keep kids out of schools. They need the kids dumb. They don't want anybody smart. Smart leads to prosperity. Prosperity leads to independence. Independence is not a hallmark of the semi-fascist class. Their definition, not mine. So closing the schools was an act of benevolence and trying to open them was racist. It's kind of weird, man. Hat tip Corey DeAngelis, by the way, for pointing this out. Here's an article that just came out a few days ago. The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. Oh, look at that. Black students lost 13 points compared with five points among white students, widening the gap between the two groups. Who's really the racist there? Well, the pandemic did it. Yes. Good point, Keith. Very good point. You got to remember the headline, folks. The lockdowns didn't do it. This is the New York Times. The pandemic erased two decades of progress, not the lockdowns. Totally, the pandemic. Nothing, Joe. Nothing to do with the lockdowns. The pandemic, the virus got in kids' brains and wiped all right. it all out. Got but it. it's weird how the virus did it worse to black students over over white students. It's kind of strange how it did that. It's not the lockdown that happened in liberal cities where it's large minority populations. Nothing to do with it. Don't ask questions. Thank you. Good point, Malfeasance. This is being done on purpose. Here. I'm desperate to get these two guys on my show, uh, Fox show, this weekend. A bunch of attorney generals, Republican attorney generals, just filed a lawsuit. We'll talk about that another time. But this is, again, malfeasance. It's being done on purpose. Remember BlackRock has trillions of assets under its management. It's run by Larry Fink, big, huge leftist. We've been talking about BlackRock for a while. Ladies and gentlemen, they exert an amazing amount of pressure on U.S. corporations to do ESG lefty crap. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know exactly who they are. Just know this. They run by leftists, they manage a lot of money, and they pressure companies to do a whole bunch of crap destroying the American economy. This article yesterday, I'm not being hyperbolic. My wife was driving home from an event because I was doing some research for the show. She was kind enough to drive for a surprise party for my friend. I'm reading this article, and I'm floored. My jaw's on the floor. Figuratively. We'll do the reversible. About BlackRock, I didn't know this. Get a load of this crap. This is by Jeb Rubinfeld Bill Barr, who I'm not a huge fan of right now, but the piece is good. ESG can't square with fiduciary duty. So these attorney generals, Landry and Rakita from Republican states, they noticed that in 2021, BlackRock exercised its proxy voting rights as Exxon's second largest shareholder to lead an activist campaign that forced Exxon to cut oil production. (laughs) What? It's like me forcing Joe Armacost to do less sound production or Guy to do less video editing. What's the point? Here's the kicker. Get a load of this. You want to get kicked right in the nuts? BlackRock didn't disclose that many of the oil fields dropped by Exxon. They pressured them to do this, by the way. Are poised to be acquired by PetroChina. And that BlackRock is one of PetroChina's largest investors? You have got to be! It gets worse. BlackRock claiming they're all into environment, social governance stuff. Said Exxon, you better get rid of that oil; it's dirty. By the way, sell it to China, where we have some investments. They said, "How is this not? How how is this not a conflict of interest?" They note in the second part, BlackRock has an enormous stake in PetroChina. Oh, they do. Oh. Wow, what a coincidence. They report holdings of between one trillion, trillion, am I reading that correctly? And two trillion shares representing between five and 10% ownership of PetroChina from 2018 to 2022? If Landry's allegations against BlackRock are correct, BlackRock's ESG-based promotion of oil production cutbacks at Exxon may have been a staggering conflict of interest. Why are you pointing to your forearm? The, the goosebumps, they come out once in a while. Does that explain this, by the way? A little video of Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock. Hey, Exxon, you're dirty. You better sell that oil. Yeah, we need oil. Ah, you better sell it. By the way, China. It'd be really nice if you bought that stuff. Oh, we've got an interest in that company? where trillions of shares. Man, what a deal. Here's Larry Fink running BlackRock in a media appearance he did a while ago. Talking about how much he loves, you know, China and the totalitarian model. Makes perfect sense. Alfeasance. it's not an accident.
1: Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously, we're uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of, uh, of countries. And, and democracies are very messy, as we know, in the United
0: States. Malfeasance. Let's so one more quick example. I don't want to leave this for tomorrow. So, you know, Jennifer Granholm, our energy secretary, man, she keeps pushing these electric vehicle things. I'll just play a quick cut for you. She's saying California is like a model for the nation. California is getting ready to go through blackouts. People may die of heat in California, but we'll leave that for another day. Jennifer Granholm's our energy secretary. Malfeasance. Here's a James Freeman article about these magic electric buses the Biden administration seems to love. They're giving federal grants out all over the place. So this company, Proterra, who makes these electric buses, they've had some issues with them, apparently. They note the company may ring a bell with readers, given all the attention it received from politicians. CNN reported that Biden and Harris, they wanted to sell their green agenda and infrastructure plan, but they're being complicated by a thorny conflict of interest, Well, kind of like BlackRock, for Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm who stands to gain a windfall from stock options at a private vehicle company. Last month, Biden took a virtual tour of Proterra, a company Granholm holds millions of dollars invested stock options in, and previously sat on the board. During the tour, Biden praised employees and the CEO for their work in the electric vehicle sprays. Man, again, what a just bizarre thing there, huh? What, she didn't know she had millions in shares? The energy secretary, as the Biden administration is pushing this company and there's money involved, changing hands. Biden pays a visit there. You understand it's in your face. It's this. It's right in your face. They're not hiding it. Play that video. Here's Granholm on California talking about California, how they're collapsing energy grid, but they're push for more electric stuff. It's just great. It's like a
2: model for the nation. Check this out. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done.
0: Yeah, they're showing it's how it's done. All right. With the rolling blackouts, because that's exactly what's going to happen as we push more electric buses and all that other stuff. Incredible. That was a fun show today. I had a little snafu in the beginning, but uh, sorry about that if I seemed a little distracted, but I wasn't, I promise you. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. You know, I love having you here. If I can ask a small favor, please subscribe to the podcast. It is free, absolutely free. It keeps us on those top charts so people can find us. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and most importantly, Rumble. It's at rumble.com slash Bongino. They have a great press release this morning out, Rumble, about the exploding growth in users. It's on my social media feeds on Truth and Twitter if you want to check it out. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.